0: Welcome to Seenly People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the Euphrates drying up. It's not only the Euphrates, but many rivers all over the continent. Why? Well, because God stated that he would cause to rain on one city and not on another to get people to repent. Take a look at Amos 4, verse 6 and 7. And he says, Also, I have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and water of bread in all your places Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord?" Now the Lord God Almighty is not a trinity. He's the Holy One of Israel. It's all through the Old Testament as well as the New. It never mentions the Holy Trinity because there is none. It's no such thing. When we find that Jesus is the Father revealed in flesh in the days of His flesh as the Son of God, we see that in Isaiah 43.10, Thus saith the Lord, you are my witnesses Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Invisible Spirit of God, that's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, no flesh there, and my servant whom I have chosen, that's the flesh in the days of his flesh, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, is that man. He goes on and says, before me there was no God for him, neither shall be after me. See, now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, look at Isaiah 43, 15, the Holy One of Israel, never been a holy trinity. Now, because we have not turned to the true God in eternal life, the Lord is using judgments. One of those is famine, pestilences, noisome beast. We find that kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, wars and rumors of war. Somebody said, well, that's always been since the beginning of time. But yes, it's increasing with frequency and intensity. As we see here in there, Amos 4, 7, and I have withholding the rain from you. Now we're f- seeing drought like we've never seen it before in decades, but not just in one place. It's all over the world, all over the globe. And he says, I have withholding the rain from you. God did it. But they're going to say, oh, well, it's global warming, well, when that fizzled out, then they call it climate change. They're going to always have some excuse not to give God the glory that he is the one controlling the elements and judgments upon the world. Now, that's just a stated fact. Well, it's the truth. And he says, God states, I have withholding the rain from you when there was yet three months to harvest. You had to have that rain for that harvest. And I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece were upon it rained, not withered. I have smitten you with blessing and mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your uh, olive trees increased, the pomeworn destroyed them. Yet have you not returned to me, saith the Lord. Now you see the pomeworn, cankerworn, the caterpillar, in Joel one. The new wine is cut off from you. This is the new season that we're in now. But it's not only the Euphrates River, which is a sign of the last time, of the last days before Armageddon. But there's rivers all over the world. Now, just taking a look at the computer, we see the Colorado River is drying up. Here is a report. Uh, their on cnn.com, check it on your uh, computer and your laptop, to be struck, that is, up a river without a paddle, is an expression for a sticky situation you can't get out of. But if that river happens to be in the Northern Hemisphere this summer, it's likely the paddle won't be helpful anyway. Now, what's happening? Well, the Colorado River. Now, they're going to say uh, climate change rather than knowing that it is God that's causing it not to rain upon these cities. He said it would cause famine, pestilences, plagues, and that's what's happening. Not only we'll talk about the Euphrates and what it has to do with the time of the end, but here are rivers all over the the globe. Here's the Colorado River is drying up at its banks, thinning out. A historic drought in the U.S. west shows little sign of abating. The river is crucially maintained by two of the uh, country's largest reservoirs and to safeguard the river basin. The government has implemented mandatory water cuts and has states to come up with additional action plans. One of those reservoirs, Lake Mead, is shrinking in size as water levels drop toward, quote, dead pool status, unquote, the point at which the reservoir won't be high enough to release water downstream through a dam. Though its water levels have been on a downward trend since 2000, but have had a sharper drop since 2020. The lake has dropped so low in the past year that, Wild discoveries have been made, including human remains in a barrel, a suspected homicide victim from decades ago, and the consequences of the Colorado River crisis are enormous. Around 40 million people in seven states and Mexico rely on the river's water for drinking, agriculture, and electricity. Well, there's one in the United States. Here's the Yangtze River. Here we have that in China, the Wuhan going through there. We're all familiar with the Wuhan, uh, talking about the coronavirus that was in the news. The Yangtze River in Asia is drying up at its banks, and its bed is emerging in some areas. But it's the Yangtze's tributaries that are already intensely parched. China has announced a nationwide drought, alert for the first time in nine years, and the heat wave in its longest in six decades, 60 years. The impact of the drying of the Yahtzee has been enormous. In Sichuan, a province of 84 million people, hydropower makes up about 80% of electricity capacity. Most of that comes from the Yangtze River. As it flows down, power generation has dwindled, leaving authorities there to order all its factories shut for six days. The province is seeing around half the rain it usually does, and some reservoirs have dried up entirely, according to state news agency YenYuan. Now that's China. Now, we've seen the United States, there's China. Here's the Rhine River in Germany. The Rhine starts in the Swiss Alps, flows through Germany and the Netherlands, and then flows all the way to the North Sea. It's a crucial channel to European shipping, but right now it's a nightmare to navigate. Notice all the rivers throughout the globe. Parts of the river's bed has emerged above the water's surface, meaning the ships that do try to pass it must weave around a series of obstacles, slowing the entire process. The Rhine has many different gauges along the way, including in Cobb, just west of Frankfurt, Germany, where water levels have fallen to as low as 32 centimeters, 12.6 inches. Shipping companies generally consider anything less than 40 centimeters, on the Rhine, too low to bother with. And in Cobb, less than 75 centimeters, usually means a container ship has to reduce its load to about 30%, according to the Dutch bank economist. Here we go with the shipping of materials, and we have that with the economy throughout the world. Low water levels also mean companies pay higher to Levies to pass. And all these factors make shipping more expensive, a cost usually passed on to consumers and we wonder why inflation's up. The river Po, this is in Italy. The river Po cuts right across the top of Italy, flows out east into the Adriatic Sea. It's fed by winter snow in the Alps and heavy rainfall in the spring and has a steep fall that brings a fast flow. Typically, devastating floods are more of a problem around the river. But now, the Po looks very different. Winter was dry in northern Italy, as snow provided little water, and spring and summer have been dry too, plunging the region into the worst drought it's experienced for seven decades or 70 years. It's so dried up that World War II-era bomb was recently found amid its dwindling waters. Well, the Lord said I caused it to rain on one city and not upon another. A big problem that millions of people rely on the Po for their livelihood, mostly through agriculture. Around 30% of Italy's food is produced along the Po, and some of the country's most famous exports, like Parmesan cheese, is made there. Well, you can see the rivers all over the world are drying up. The Loire River in France, the Loire in France, sustains a valley of vineyards that produce some of the world's most famous wines. The river stretches over about 600 miles, and is considered France's last wild river, supporting biodiverse ecosystems. <laughs> throughout this valley, much of which is protected by the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Parts of the river are fairly shallow already, but its levels and flow can change rapidly with the weather and as snow as its source melts. Some sections are so dried out from the lack of rain and extreme heat that people can cross by foot. Satellite images from the French town of Samar show more riverbed than water exposed in the lore The patches of land around it in the valley are mostly brown and withered. A year ago, they were lush and green. Had happened in one year. Authorities are releasing water from dams into the river, mostly to ensure there's enough to cool for nuclear power plants that sit along it here's the Danube River in Romania. It's all throughout the world. The Danube is Western Europe's longest river and a crucial shipping channel that passes through 10 countries. In Romania, Serbia, Bulgaria, workers are dredging the river just to ensure vessels can navigate it. It's Not in as dire a condition as some of Europe's other rivers, but countries like Hungary are so reliant on the Danube for tourism, the impacts are already being felt. Some cruise ships have been unable to pass parts of the river to even reach Hungary. Those that are still running can't stop on their normal routes because so many stations have had to close as water levels on riverbanks fall. An average of 1,600-ton vessel can now only navigate the Hungarian stretch without any cargo, according to the country's tourist board. And, of course, the Tigris and the Euphrates that we find coming out of the four heads of the four rivers from the Eden that we find in the Garden of Eden. But we find the Euphrates River is drying up. And... It goes, the Euphrates, 90% flows through Turkey, the Turkish border, and it goes toward Iraq and the waters Syria. It's called a humanitarian catastrophe. There, Turkey is to ensure Syria, in 1987, an annual average of 500 cubic meters per second of water through the dam. Now, from 500 cubic meters per second, it has dropped to 200 meters per second. Five million people now are drinking unsafe water. What does this have to do with in time prophecy that we, in their 2019, on the 19th of January, sang it over and over again? that we're in the last of the last days. We're saying that because after preaching a Maasai tribal church there in Transmeric Kenya, Africa, that we had a visitation of uh, about two hours. I was visited of the Lord, and I've only had four visitations in my 47 years of ministry that were really visitations, strong visitations from the Lord Jesus Christ. This was uh, one of them, stating, seal my people by my word, even as I send my angel, ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We've been doing the podcast now since then, and now it's been over four years. Very few people are heeding, but we're finding that our podcasts have tripled in downloads in the last few months. People are beginning to realize that we are in truth in the last of the last days. In Revelation, the 16th chapter, and we find people are blaspheming God, and we find that the sixth, this is Revelation 16 12, the sixth angel poured out his vial. The vials filled up the wrath of God. That's after the seals, trumpets, and vials at last day judgments of God upon the earth, the sixth angel poured out his bowl upon the great river Euphrates. What happened? And the water thereof was dried up, exactly like it's doing now, more so than it ever has in the past, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now they say, well, that has no significance now because Cyrus, the king of Persia used that to destroy uh, Babylon in the days there. It caused the river to drive to the point that he could go over his army dry and defeat uh, the Medes and the Persians. Well, Cyrus the Persian did it there to and destroyed Babylon. Well, what does it reveal? One of the main things it reveals is that we're following a false doctrine that has been promulgated as the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You'll see that in Revelation 16, 13. But very few recognize it. But we will, as God's judgments, prevail in the earth with intensity and frequency. Revelation 16, 13, John tells us specifically what it is. And I saw three unclean spirits when this Euphrates dries up. Come, let's return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. This is not revival. We're in the third day, and in the third day, he will raise us up, and we will live in his sight, Hosea 6, 1-4. If we fall on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us as the rain the former, that's Acts 2, and the latter rain, which we're entering into now. Not Pentecost, but that in the last days of tabernacles. So we're not Pentecostals now, we're tabernacalists. It is a new season. And that drying up of the Euphrates River signals that the revelation given of Jesus Christ, and it says the very next verse from Revelation 16, 12 about the drying up of the Euphrates, causing it to dry up, God doing it, not, uh, not a climate change or any of this nonsense. It has to do with biblical prophecy, the Lord, God, Jesus Christ himself doing it. He tells us these things before they happen that we may know that he is God and there's not another. But we have hewed out this idea that there's three persons in a Godhead through these ecumenical councils and synods centuries ago, which all are bald-faced light. John gives us that revelation in Revelation 16, 13. As soon as the river Euphrates is dried up, then John sees. He said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. That's the very next verse. Come out of the mouth of the dragon, not the voice of the Lord, but out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, that's the false son of God, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, and that's a false holy ghost. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, and most people follow signs and miracles and wonders, and these are signs, miracles, and lying wonders, that God himself sends strong delusion to them, that they might be damned who receive not the love of the truth. Now this is a sober warning, to follow the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. He says that these spirits of devils working miracles go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world. For what reason? To gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now, it only mentions one time Armageddon in the word of God, but we see Megiddo. We see it in the days of Joash in the Old Testament, 2 Kings, 22 uh, 23rd chapter. We find here the great day of God Almighty, that day that will burn as an oven, that God will render vengeance upon the earth, and the saints of God will have uh, this honor. And it says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Very next verse. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Now that is the gathering of all nations in the plains of Megiddo. And there God will contend with all flesh. He has a controversy with all the nations. Well, notice that in that Last day, work of God. Look, look at Joash, and we see how the uh, same river that we're talking about here, drying up the Euphrates, is also there in uh, Joash's reign. And we see the prophetic implications there. Any of those that study eschatology know that there is definitely implications of the drying up of the Euphrates. But not only the Euphrates, but all the rivers calling famine and the water supplies, the electricity, agriculture that's used for the water and irrigation. All of these things are playing in conjunction with one another that causing the time that God says these are signs of the end of the world, the end of the age. It says there, in second kings uh, there in uh that's verse chapter 23 and verse 27 and the lord said i'll remove judah and uh, watch what it happens here i remove judah also out of my sight as i have removed israel this is the diaspora uh the forsaking i will cast off this city, Jerusalem, which I've chosen and the house of which I said, my name, my name shall be there. Now, the rest of the acts of Josiah, he, he broke down the altars. He went back and in the feast of the Lord and executed the ceremonial feast of the Lord and broke down the idols. A good king, Josiah, uh, his very name meaning founded our foundation of God and we know the foundation of the church is Christ and we see here now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah now look at verse uh, 29 so in his days Pharaoh Necho king of Egypt went up against the king of Assyria that is Assyrian, the rod of my anger, the staff in their hand is my indignation. Isaiah 10-5, that's the northern army. And we see there Pharaoh Necho, the king of the south. There we see this battle also, figuratively, of what will befall the people in the last days in Daniel the 11th chapter, the northern army that will come as an evil against all the people of the land. You see that in Jeremiah, the second vision given to Jeremiah. What seest thou, Jeremiah? I see a seething pot, a boiling pot. The face thereof is toward the north. For out of the north a great evil, tribulation, persecution, shall befall all the inhabitants of the land. This is exactly what that northern army, Assyria, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, all of them are to the north of Jerusalem, of Israel. Now, as we take a look here, in the last days of Joash, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, goes up against the king of Assyria, verse 29, to the river Euphrates. Here we have a breaking forth. Euphrates means to break forth. And King Josiah went against him and he slew him at Megiddo. There's Megiddo, Megiddon, or the gathering Armageddon, there where he had seen him. What happened? Joash is killed. And his servants carried him in a chariot, dead from Megiddo, and brought him to Jerusalem, and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead. We see that last battle, Megiddo. It is the battle of Jezreel, the battle of Jehoshaphat, God as judge, in the valley of Jezreel. All of it is signed or signified as a forerunner in the drying up of the river Euphrates, a breaking forth. And that's what God is doing. Not only, with Euphrates, but the rivers of the world. Because he said that these signs would be the signs of his coming. And it is at the door. We would like to work with you. There's more coming. Tune in daily for our podcast, Sealing God's People for our daily podcast that's focusing on the preceding present word of God, the present truth. What God is doing now, not what he used to do. What he's presently doing in the preceding word of God by whichever believer will live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's from throne room revelations, not Pentecost anymore. It's a new thing that God is doing. It's a new wine that must be put into new wineskins. If God's dealing with you and it's bore spirit with, his, with your spirit, the Holy Ghost is bore witness with your spirit, your conscience bearing your witness on the Holy Ghost, we'd love to work with you. You can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Email me there and I'll get right back to you so we can work together. Those of you now, I haven't met you, but you're sending in offerings and donations. I thank you for that. Join with us in this great last day truth that must be preached and promulgated to all the nations. God is fitly bringing his body together. Then he's going to compact it, sealing according to the measure of each part. Whichever joints the blast is identifying of itself in love, that we're growing up into Jesus and all things and all truth. So we're not tossed to improbe everyone to doctrine, and that's the sealing of the saints of God. And then Revelation 7. that's us don't mess it. let don't let the new wine fail in us. The new thing, the new wine must be put into new wineskins. We can't hold on to the old store, saying it's better. We must go on into the preceding word of God. Again, email me at Sealing God's People at DennisBeard.org You can also uh, contact us there at our website DennisBeard.org There's seven books there for your edification There at our website DennisBeard.org SealingGodsPeople.org SealingGodsPeople.com JCIC.tv And again, download our app Sealing God's People for our daily podcast They're on the preceding word of God We love to hear from you I look forward to working with you. Now we're praying for every member in the body of Christ that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.